This is a podcast from Form Media. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Westminster Stories. My name is Mary Dennison, a writer for Westminster's Forum Media. Joining me today is Tim Carr. He's going to talk to us about his experience being an FBI agent, working in higher ed, and coaching and refereeing basketball and football. Thanks for being on, Tim. My pleasure. Um, so can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Wow. Um, yeah, I grew up in Salt Lake. Um, been in Westminster since my, ever since uh, 2001. Okay. In fact, the first first week I was here was uh, 9/11 happened. So, really. So it was kind of kind of an interesting start to my collegiate teaching career. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Um, but really, really enjoyed that. That uh, I've just loved it here. It's been been really, really an exciting time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, prior to that, I've done a couple of different things. Uh, I've always liked to change. I, get bored, I guess, fairly easily. Less easily now, because I've been here so long. <clears throat> but um, in college, I, I actually was studying criminology and criminalistics. And from that, I uh, started a career with the FBI, mm-hmm. Justice Department. Um, left that and kind of fell into teaching. And was actually even at a United Way agency the Guadalupe Schools, which is uh, kind of a private-public uh, partnership. And I just really, really enjoyed that, and that was probably pretty life-changing. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of started to do a lot of volunteering and, and uh, reaching out to the community. I've been fortunate in life, and, you know, as an adult, and so it was time to get back. So I ended up doing a whole lot of, a whole lot of that as well. What are some things you're really passionate about? I am passionate about people. I am passionate about helping people who are underserved, underappreciated, undernourished. Um, I think that that that's our responsibility in life, is to make other people's lives better. Uh And and as a middle-aged white guy, I just see it as that's how I use my white privilege, my male privilege, my middle-aged privilege. Well, I guess I'm getting to be an old guy now. Um, and I've always thought that we can't be held responsible for who we were born or how we were born, but we can have be held responsible for what we do with it. So right now I run a uh, scholarship group for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce called Somos, Somos Foundation. And we have scholarships for Hispanic students who are coming from below the poverty level, who are doing anything that's post-secondary. And we give about $400,000 a year away mm-hmm. in scholarships. So that's something that I just, I, I mean, that's something I'm real passionate about. And I think it goes back to the time I, pen, I, I spent at Guadalupe Schools. Where, where I saw kids whose parents were working hard, a lot of obstacles in life, and, and the kids were intelligent and bright and motivated, and I wanted to see them have an opportunity to go on and do, do bigger and better things through education. Oh, wow, okay. And that's, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Um, so what made you go into criminology then? 
you know, it's something I kind of always wanted to do. Yeah. In fact, I always wanted to work for the FBI. Yeah. So it uh, it was kind of a kind of a dream come true when it all kind of pieced together. And and, uh, and it was interesting in high school. I was kind of a knucklehead, you know. You don't study real hard. But uh, got to college and and I kept thinking. Uh, I need to remember this stuff because it's going to be part of my life instead of just studying for tests and doing that. And I just really got excited about it and, and spent a lot of time with it. And I think in, in with education, especially you know collegiate level, if you find something you're really, really interested in, it's not hard. You have to work hard. But the studying isn't hard. It's stuff you want to know. So I just really, really enjoyed that. It was... Uh, that was a, a, a good career, and, and it helped me, obviously, when I was with the Bureau, but it also helped me when I was an assistant principal at the high school. <laughs> Back probably even more so. so. And so then, how did you start working for the government? So I, uh, I was still in school, still, still at Weber State. <clears throat> And they had a program that was an apprentice program. And so uh, someone who knew someone knew me and knew it's what I wanted to do and passed through all the security checks and, and background investigation, which is pretty intense, uh, and ended up uh, being hired and uh, did that for four years. Okay. Really enjoyed it. It was something that, uh, that I enjoyed. and. I, I really thought that was going to be my career. Oh, that's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. It's <laughs> just a long story. Yeah. That, that, uh, that uh, well, I'll tell you. So, J. Edgar Hoover had been the director of the FBI. He died a few years before I started. And Hoover did some interesting things. But one of the things that, that he did is he would not recognize that there was organized crime. Because if you recognize it, then you have to do something about it. And, and he did not, the methods you'd need to use to infiltrate the mafia were things that he thought the FBI was above. So he kept, he kept from doing that. So there were some new anti-racketeering RICO uh, act was passed about that time. And the president time, Gerald Ford, well no, actually it was Nixon, it was Ford by then, uh, <laughs> something happened to Nixon, I don't remember what, <laughs> well actually I do remember, uh, and, and, uh, and the senators, and they said, you know what, we need to start doing something for organized crime. So they had this brilliant idea of taking all of us who were from Italian extraction, my mother's side of the family is Italian, and they were going to send us to New York, Philadelphia, and Chicago to infiltrate the mafia. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that didn't sound like a good idea to me at all. <laughs> so, uh, so I ended up leaving. Okay. The month I left, July of 1977, 800 other people quit for the same reason. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it just, it was, it would not have been a good way to live. Yeah. You know, I, I, and there are some other dynamics, but it just, uh, I, I had done some undercover stuff, and I, you know, you lose your identity, you lose who you are, and I just couldn't see doing that. 
Yeah. So. Well, it's one of the most interesting things you've ever done for the FBN. Hmm. I'd tell you. <laughs> yeah. But I'd have to kill you. <laughs> most of it was pretty mundane. Oh, okay. Yeah, most of it was pretty mundane. You know, you're, you're uh, uh, following up on bank robberies and, and, uh, and fugitives and that sort of thing. Every once in a while there was some interesting stuff okay, well. that, that we just really don't need to talk about. <laughs> All right, the fun stuff. <laughs> that, that'll, keep, that'll keep both of us, keep me out of jail and, and, uh, yeah, and you safe. And so then, how did you move from working for the FBI to later working in higher ed? Yeah. So, so at the time, uh, there was a freeze on all government hiring. So I was thinking of going with the DEA. Well, no, I wasn't. I'd done that before. Uh, but ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, or the Marshal Service. There are a lot of other agencies. And... Uh, there had been, the economy had kind of tanked and turned around, so they weren't hiring anybody at the federal level, because it would have been real easy to, to move from that agency to any other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I had to find something to do, because I had 30 days, I was either going to be in New York or find something else to do, uh-huh. or be unemployed. And uh, I kind of fell into a job as uh, dean of students at a high school in charge of discipline. And so I kind of had the educational background as well as the experiential background to do that. And I was just going to do it for a year. And I tell you, I, I ended up liking it so much. Went back, got a master's degree in, in school administration. And that was 19, no, 1977. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. So. I thought I would teach at a college, but I thought that it would be after I retired from the Bureau and uh, would teach criminology or criminalistics or something of that nature. And, uh, but it kind of took a different, different uh, bend and a different venue. I, I've always enjoyed working with, with kids, so that kind of satisfied that need as well. And, and uh, I've just really loved education. What drew you to working at Westminster? I had been an adjunct here for 10 years prior to, and I just really enjoyed it. I loved being on a college campus. In fact, I'd get a check in the mail uh, for my salary, and I'd think, oh, wow, I get paid to do this too? Because it was something that was just really fun, something I, I just really found interesting and, and uh, uh, really, really enjoyed. So it was kind of a natural progression. To be honest, uh, a really good friend of mine was teaching here, and her husband and I refereed college basketball together. So I so I had known the family forever, and uh, I was at her daughter's wedding, and she had been diagnosed with cancer, and was going through chemotherapy, and she was so upset. She was she was. Uh, really feeling bad that she was not going to be able to be with her students and to teach them and yada 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 and and, uh, and she looked at me and I had 
left Guadalupe School as I was going to finish writing a book and do a couple of things, some traveling. And she said, Tim, you could teach my classes. They're all courses that you've taught. And I would feel so great if that was you because I, I trust you and I know that they would get the information they need. And I said, Sue, let me think about it. You know, let me think about it. You know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And and a little while later on, the dean came up to me, and she said, "You've changed Sue's life. She's so excited that you're going to teach those courses in the fall." <laughs> that was when the deal was, that was sealed. It. Yeah, yeah. So so I did it, and I thought I'd be here for half a year. That half a year turned into seventeen, and I've really enjoyed it here. I I, I love Westminster, and and. Uh, enjoy working with students and, and, and I mean it's it's a great job. And so then can you tell me about like your high school um, and college like refereeing days? Well I started refereeing high school basketball in probably 71, 72, 1971, 72 and, and did that for, for a lot of years. Uh, added football then I coached football, high school football, for about 12 years. When I was done with that, then I went back to, to doing, uh, doing high school football as well. Did some Division I college basketball back in the 80s and really enjoyed that. Uh, although the high school, high school game is a lot more fun. It's pressure. At the college level, it's a lot of pressure. And, and you're, you've got you know, 15, 20,000 people in there. They get angry with you, so. Uh, but I always enjoyed that. That was always. Uh, uh, it let me travel to a lot of places. Pretty good, you know. Uh, spare extra money. Got to meet a lot of a lot of folks who. It's funny when you walk out on a on a quarter of field. The one thing that everybody in the arena has in common is they hate you, because you're the ref. <laughs> So if you're with two other guys, three other guys, four other guys, five, um, that's all you got are your friends. So you become really, really close. And you find out a lot about someone when you're in that type of an environment where everybody is, is fairly hostile. And, and you find out if they're going to cover your back or not. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. And did it for about well, 35 years. Uh, it was really, really nice. It's going to sound like I'm bragging a little bit, but I, I was on some national committees, so I got to travel a lot, got to meet people from around the country. Um, I was just really fortunate, been recognized by a couple of different groups and uh, a couple of different national groups, and so so that's always that's always nice too. You yeah. know, it's a humbling experience, but it's it's really, really nice. Ended up writing a lot of articles for a couple of magazines. There actually, there's a referee magazine and and then officials quarterly, some other magazines that that are published. And uh, I've probably published, I don't know, 30, 30 articles uh, on different things. A lot, most of them are about sportsmanship. So yes, yeah, so I've been really, I've been really lucky. Um, what do you think are some of the highlights and some of the downsides of being an FBI agent? Um, coaching or refereeing and then teaching. When times are good, it's it's, it's really good. Yeah. You know, I've I've really enjoyed those. Um, I think the, the 
the big issue when I was, when I was with the Bureau is uh, your life isn't your own. You're on call all the time. Uh -oh. okay. um, so that was always kind of tough. And it was actually back in the days where we, we were supposed to be in contact with the office if we were traveling every two hours. And that's before cell phones. Jeez. So if I was driving from here to California, I would have had to stop in a couple of different places every two hours and find a pay phone Jeez. and call. So, so that was always kind of tough. Um, as, as a school administrator, I think the hardest part was working with parents. Parents want to be protective of their kids and when the kids have done something and they're in, in trouble, sometimes uh, parents don't see it real clearly, yeah. which, which, which I understand. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if they were too hard, and hard on their kids, it used to always worry me. It would bother me. Yeah. And, and from the referee standpoint, God, it's probably the parents again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always kind of interesting that kids are good, coaches can be energetic and, and, and uh, animated a little bit. But, uh, but, you know, it's their job and, they're, and they're, they care about the kids and that, that's, that's what motivates them. So, so I've always, I always enjoyed that. I think it was always good to see in all those arenas the, the sportsmanship, the people caring about one another. That was always kind of, kind of important. It was always impressive to see that because I think it's uh, bottom line, that human element, they were all in this together. And we can either help each other or hurt each other, and and uh, it doesn't make much sense to hurt each other. What was one of your favorite games that you ever refereed? Do you have one? Yeah, actually, I do. I was with uh, three of my really close friends, and it was a state championship game, Skyline and Fremont. And they had played the very first game of the season, and, and my best friend and I had done that game, and Fremont won. So now, all these weeks, 12, 13 weeks later, they're playing again. Uh, it was up at the U. <coughs> and he and I got the game. We were assigned the same game, and, and as I said, a, a couple of other friends. And it was a triple overtime game. And it was one of those games where it should have just gone on forever because both teams were playing so hard, there shouldn't have been a loser, shouldn't have been a winner. And... Uh, Fremont scored to tie it up in the third overtime, or, or to be one point behind. And they took a timeout, and the quarterback convinced the coach that they should go for two. And so the coach let him. And the kid was alone in the back of the end zone. The ball came to him, and he went to catch it, and he pulled it in and it hit his face mask and popped out. Oh <laughs> so they, they lose the game. And and uh, the kid's in tears, and the coach sprinted down the sideline, went over and picked the kid up and gave him a hug and walked him back. I mean, it was just that kind of a game. It was, there, was, uh, there was no animosity. Players played hard. They just kind of stayed at it. And it's interesting because if you talk to any of the five of us who did that game, that's our best memory. Just because of the atmosphere and, and, and players played hard and and the coaches behaved, and the fans, you know, were pretty positive. It just was one of those experiences that doesn't happen often. What are your plans for the future? Wow. 
I'd like to retire here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do a lot of volunteer work with a couple of different organizations. I mentioned SOMOS. Uh, I also am on the board of a little place called The Sharing Place um, on a couple of other boards. So I would find a lot to keep myself busy. And, and again, I, I mean, I, I, I thrive on it because it's helping other people. And, and again, I've, I've had a good life, so it's time to make sure that you're helping other folks. I'm not very important, and I'm not very interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because people say to me, God, you've done so much. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see it as that. I mean, I just, you know, I just kind of did me and enjoyed life and did what, mm -hmm. what, uh, what seemed right mm -hmm. and just really, really enjoyed it. That's good. It's, uh, I'm at a point in time where I have forgotten more about what I've done than I remember, uh, yeah. you know, but, but, uh, but no, my life's been good, happy where I'm at, and keep on keeping on.